Banter. Hi, and welcome to the Dairy Exporter Podcast, Dairy Banter. I'm Cheryl Haitana, and in this episode, I'm talking with psychologist Karen Nimmo about how farmers can build resilience to get them through the tough times. Karen recently spoke at the Smash Conference in Hamilton about the importance of prioritising relationships in our lives and how to keep daily life light. Rural mental health is an area you know, of considerable concern. Farming along with forestry and construction has the highest rates of depression and suicide in New Zealand. Why do you think mental health is so prominent amongst farmers in the rural community? Well, first of all, I'd say it's no coincidence that all of those industries are heavily male-dominated. And as we know, that the suicide statistics anyway are elevated amongst men. So, you know, it is an important area um, overall. In terms of farming, there are a number of things, I think, that make farmers vulnerable, and partly, perhaps, the uncertainty. There's a lot of uncertainty in farming, as, as you'll know. Every which way you look, you can never be sure of many things, from weather right through to prices and that sort of thing. And also, it's quite an isolated job. So, you know, if you start to have problems, often you have nowhere to take them and nothing much to relieve them, which can be a problem. The other thing is that farmers are really essentially running businesses. So, you know, to run a business in isolation with uncertainty, all of those factors can be particularly hard on mental health. And I think the final thing is that when you are in that situation, it can put a lot of pressure on relationships because couples are often in it together. And that means, you know, the the problems are shared and that can really be, um, you can get yourself into a real mess with what is it um, when it comes to men and and them, you know, sort of talking to people or getting through hard times that make it make them more vulnerable? Well, I think historically society hasn't set men up for talking freely about things. I mean, they don't have the same opportunities really from a very young age as girls do um, to you know rattle onto their friends about their problems and things. That wouldn't that's not a very male thing to do. Uh, it's getting better, but there's still a long way to go. And I think uh, oftentimes men, you know, when they get to their teen years and older, they just haven't had the practice in sorting out problems in that way and in talking through emotions. So, you know, it can really sort of play on their mind. And when you've got nowhere at all to download, that can be immensely stressful. In terms of helping men through this, Often it's their wives or their partners that are the ones that pick up the early signs of mental illness. How can they help um, support men and encourage them to talk about it? Well, I think the first thing for a partner to realise is that it's particularly hard when you love someone because you cannot separate your emotions from it. So that makes you really messed up. I mean, if I'm having a problem with my daughter, I can't see that as clearly as if I can when I'm working with someone else's daughter. So the important thing for partners to realise is they shouldn't try to shoulder the whole burden themselves. They should look outside and make sure they've got someone that they can talk to. That doesn't need to be a professional, but someone in their world that they trust, that they can sort of run their ideas past. Because it can be really hard when you're both under the pump to see things clearly. And as we know, you know, it, it can be very hard to get a man to go and see 
a professional therapist, for example, as it is, then a, I think it's a third less likely to go and see the GP. So when it comes to therapy, that can be a real barrier to them. For any men listening out there, Karen, who, who are, might be struggling and are worried about therapy, what, do you, what would you say to them in terms of reaching out to a professional? Absolutely. Well, the first thing I'd say is that men make great clients because I think they haven't had possibly the same opportunities as women to, um, you know, to actually talk about their problems and download their emotions and that sort of thing. Once they get to therapy, there's a myth that men are strong and silent and won't speak. Well, that's quite wrong. Men are actually fantastic once they open up. They can often get so much relief from just downloading their problems and it can be really helpful to pick up some practical strategies. I think men particularly struggle in the areas of work with managing their work stress around their home lives uh, and also in relationships. I mean, a lot of men, because they haven't, you know, been on the internet and looked up relationship advice, they've just really talked to their partners. Um, they are often lost as to what's acceptable and appropriate within relationships. So I think getting some perspective and some guidelines around that can be hugely helpful. In fact, if I was to name what I've talked to most men about most often, it probably would be the relationships. What would you know, what is something that you can look for in a therapist because that can be hard to find one that you click with. Yeah, that's true. And oftentimes it's a partner that makes you coach uh, for the client, for the male client. I think that's, that's really nice and very helpful, but the key thing is that the client has to want to be there. There's no point in being dragged because you won't get anything out of it. There'll be an immediate barrier. So the important thing is to, to want to go and to look for someone you like. And by that I mean somebody who sort of talks your language, who you can relate to, who you feel relaxed with. Um, because one of the key things in therapy is to um, have a good relationship with the person you're working with. And the third thing I'd say, men seem to respond very well to practical type therapies. They, they often like to take away tools and things like that or strategies or tips that they can actually go away and use straight away in their personal life. Farming and life in general is, is always going to throw challenges at people. Carving's coming up for a lot of farmers, which is a very stressful time. What would you recommend as some strategies for farmers to get through those difficult times when they see them coming? I think everybody needs to be resilient. You know, life is difficult now. Uh, we simply have to be tough to survive. And if I had my way, I'd be teaching resilience skills in schools, you know, how to manage your emotions, how to resolve a conflict, you know, how to run relationships, that sort of thing. Just basic fundamentals, because those can be hugely helpful in terms of just alleviating your stress levels. Um, beyond that, there are lots of little practical things that you can do for yourself uh, at home on a daily basis, for example, you know, setting boundaries around how much you work, um, having some time in the evenings when you're not working or on your laptop, um, making sure you connect with people outside your family and your staff, having other interests. All of those things can be really helpful. I think with farming, it's particularly difficult because your work is right outside your door often. And so it's really hard to draw a line between that and your home life. 
Uh, and that can make things even more stressful because once you get a problem on the farm, you just simply can't get away from it. Farmers have to be particularly careful that, that their whole identity isn't too wrapped up in farming because that's a danger for anybody who gets so immersed in their work because if something goes wrong, they can feel a little bit lost in terms of other things to sit back on. It's about making sure that if you think of your life like a pizza and divide it into, let's say, eight slices, so you've got your health, your, your partner, your family, your friends, your interests, money, personal growth, those sort of things. It's about making sure that you have an investment in at least in most of those areas. So I always encourage people to always ask them, you know, what else have you got going on in your life? Because otherwise you're setting yourself up to be quite vulnerable when you have a bad season or something goes wrong, which, you know, we all know. I don't think anybody goes through their work life without something going wrong at some point. It's so important to make sure that you look after the relationships that matter to you and to move away or spend less time with the ones that hurt you. And I think in life we often spend a huge amount of time worrying about uh, things that are happening with people that don't matter to us on a higher level. So it's really important not to get too tangled up and those side issues, which I know can be immensely stressful, but the easiest way to look at it is to think, okay, who matters to me the most, and am I putting enough time and effort into those relationships? That's always hard to do, isn't it, Karen, when in terms of those relationships that are possibly not close with you, but they're causing conflict in your life, how do you sort of let those go and not overthink them? It's really difficult we you know I've seen many many people who've been stressed out by something that's going on in their life and if you if you really ask them about it often that person won't matter to them in a year's time so when they think about how much energy they're investing emotionally in that person or that relationship they often get a shock to think gosh I'm thinking about this day and night and they're not really important and especially it's especially dangerous when it comes at the cost of the relationships that do matter. Because if you think about it, you know, you're stressing out over somebody, you're usually bringing it home and you're loading it onto your partner and your family perhaps. When we're stressed out, we tend to really get quite self-absorbed. So we think about, okay, what's going on for me? You know, what am I going through? How can I deal with this? And we forget about the transfer onto those close to us. Whatever stress we're going through, through we're taking with us so it's really important to check yourself and my uh, mantra that I live by is am I fun to live with which is just a simple question to ask you don't have to be running around cracking jokes all the time but to keep an eye on what your partner's experiences of living with you or what your children might think living with you because it can bring you up with a bit of a nasty shock when you think gee I'm always grumpy or I'm always tired or I'm always stressed you know, those things are difficult, but how much of that does your family deserve to carry? I'm not so sure. So I think we should always check ourselves. I um, took that from your conference um, talk as well, Karen, that, you know, life is coming for us. There's always going to be something difficult that comes along our path. And, you know, it is important to be able to build that resilience. And, you know, obviously that comes through 
learning a bit more about ourselves and how we do react to certain situations? The reality is, you know, life continually throws down challenges. If you haven't had a, a difficult childhood, then something will happen later on to test you. So you need to arm yourself for it and to be realistic. Um, you know, that's one of the great things about life. We have to step up and we have to, you know, be be brave and courageous sometimes for ourselves and for our family. So the more that we can learn about ourselves and our reactions and the more that we can add to our toolkit to help us through, uh, the better equipped we'll be for whatever does come.